Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The Manchester Football Social, EFL and Billow Show with Football Mank Cave. Hello, welcome to the Manchester Football Social. This is the EFL and Below Show. Not quite our full debut, but it is just our second appearance. And it's good to have you with us. We're here to discuss all the greater Manchester footballing action, which isn't coming from Old Trafford or the Etihad. My name's Niall, and alongside me from the Football Man Cave, we've got Ian. Hello to you, Ian. Hello, you're right. I'm very well, mate. And Aaron, how are you? Very good. Very, very good. Very, very, very good. It's Thursday. We do this on a Thursday, so we're always in a happy mood, aren't we? Yeah. Let's uh, be honest. And I tell you what, we always sort of have a little bit of a laugh at the start of a show, don't we? Last week it was all this biscuit talk because we were promised by our boss about a packet of biscuits that never arrived. And then you said you're on a diet. So lo and behold, the studio we walk into to record our podcast today, what is in the corner? A sack truck full of popcorn, cakes, sweets, everything. I promise you, it's not a plant. We're not trying to take the mickey out of you, Aaron. I sat outside before with Ian. This carrot cake. It's my favourite cake. It's just <laughs> sat there. <laughs> Honestly, it's all coincidence. We're not doing it on yeah, purpose. I don't I believe promise. I don't believe Only two weeks to go. Oh, it's, it's ridiculous. And you, Ian, often every time I see you wearing a different hat... What's yep. going on with that? Are you, like, doing the rounds of different hats and stuff? I'm trying to bring the old hats back. I've got... um. A nice little trolby hat today. Last week with flat cap. Flat cap. I've got a cracking. I've got a cracking hat for Benners. I'm going Benny Dorm in a couple of weeks. Got a cracking hat for that. Oh, you're gonna have to bring out Golf the old pork cap. pie hat soon, yes. surely. <laughs> oh, well, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to find as many hats as I can possibly find. Well, in between Ian's hat selection and Aaron's dieting problems, uh, we've got lots of football to talk about. Stockport County, Bolton Wanderers, Bury, a little bit of Rochdale chat as well. And of course, all the National League North action from Greater Manchester. So great to have you with us here on the EFL and Below show. If you do want to get in contact with us here at the Manchester Football Social, our Twitter account is at MCRFootySocial. Use the hashtag EFLBelow and uh, we will answer all your questions about the teams you want to hear us talking about uh, in future episodes of this podcast. Uh, my name's Niall, Ian and Aaron also with us, as I say. And uh, aside from those uh, treats and and hats and everything else let's start with a, an issue that may well be topical now but in a few days we don't know what might happen and that's of course the situation at Berry Football Club what a result for them uh, the weekend against Milton Keynes Dons scoring some goals in the second half which saw them overturn a, a 3-1 deficit to come back and win 4-3 must have been an amazing game and that also draws more attention to the fact that Ryan Lowe is doing a very decent job as manager over at Gig Lane it's a hot topic of conversation at the moment, he's uh, our lower. 
as they say, I think the word from uh, today's press conference would be speculation. <laughs> we'll go with that's the S word today. Um, this is what he has said in the press conference. It's not the first time or the last time dealing with speculation. There'll always be speculation, and that's it. No more, no less. But a good win for them, nonetheless, last Saturday. I think it was a moment's win, should call it. It was a statement win. 3-1 down, MK Dons. We all know are a very good team. To come back from 3-1 down with a very good home form, which MK Dons thought they'd uh, thought they'd uh, put a stop to, mm. only for Berry to turn it around and... Uh, do something good. What are you doing? I found that standing up. Now we're saying about standing up before, and I thought I'm going to stand up. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to stand up as well. I'm not. I'm going to sit down. You're going to stand. I'm going to be awkward he's, and sit down. He's keeping I'm himself composed, down. much like Berry Football Club are, because as Aaron was alluding to there, and I think it's the speculation over a potential move to Luton Town. Nathan Jones left Luton to join Stoke City. There's a managerial vacancy at Kenilworth Road, and um, it's being noticed from from down south. Clubs like Luton in, in higher divisions than Barrier are picking up on the fact that Lowe's done a, a very decent yeah. job in the short time he's been there. And it's a real shot. It's like six months. Oh, it took over, didn't it, really? Yeah. Um, start of the season. Start of the season. So, First team manager. I mean, it could be one of them seasons. Like next year, it could all fall apart. But I think if Lowe does go to Luton, it'll massively fall apart at Berry. Hugely. Especially at this point, they've got a cracking result. Against MK Dons, obviously come back. What the second in the league now? They're on a real turn of of form, going straight down the home straight. And if Ryan Lowe goes, pff, uh, I think it's um, I think it, I think they'll probably get playoffs with, with the team they've got. But it it'll hit them. It'll hit them big time. I think if you if you go on what you were saying, Aaron, about the quotes that Ryan Lowe's come out with in his press conference, he's not vehemently denied that he he's going to leave. He's not explicitly said he's going to stay. He's played his cards very close to his chest, by the sounds of things. Um, but you know, Luton that will be an attractive prospect, and the bookies are all over it. They seem to think that Lowe's going to be off. Will be a very attractive prospect, but as I said last week, he's a very guy, and I'm not going to change my views in a week. I said. This seat that he'd still be here, uh, well, in the future at the end of the season, and he's still there, so hopefully will stay on. Uh, touching on what Ian said about Barry and how they're doing, what would happen if Logo? Um, I just want to say he's taken some of the players. We know Danny May is a good player. They've got a few good others. People like Joe Shave Storm this season mm. had some great form. They're playing some amazing football. It's a massive if. Should another guy come in, he would be taking over a team in good position. Not like he's not going as a firefighter manager as the term that he's used now when they're at the relegation. So he's taking over a good team. But if you're, say, Luton or any other club uh, who were looking and thinking, look at this Berry team and the way Lowe's got them playing, you're thinking, you know, I'd want a bit of that. He looked all the stages of him in management and he uh, looks very good as obviously Luton is looking out for. Well, Ryan Lowe at the minute two to one to go. But his new favourite, I've just noticed, um, Stephen Robinson from Motherwell, just coming at five to four. Front runners it's, for the Luton Town job. Too. So Ryan Lowe is one of those people. For a young manager to be given a chance and to do so well so early doors in his career is always obviously encouraging to see. Yeah. We spoke about it on the last show, about how it's nice that clubs from the Championship are sitting up and taking notes of these young managers like Nathan Jones from Luton, likewise like Ryan Lowe um, at Berry. Do you think that, because he knows the club so well that it would be foolish for him to leave so early. I mean, there's a lot of things he could achieve. He could pretty much stay at Lute, uh, stay at Berry and try and nail down a promotion in his first season as manager. Whereas yeah. if he goes to Luton, I know they're in a similar position. 
But, you know, it's, it's all about building your CV as a manager. There's yeah. a real good chance for promotion with a club he knows really well. And you know what it's like in the EFL. Once a team gets promoted and they get that momentum, there's no reason why they can't go on and do it again. Double promotions. We've seen yeah. it all the time. That's it. I mean, obviously, let's say if he does go to Luton and Luton, they're the second in the league at the minute and go up. Obviously, he's taken over a championship side, but he's a Berry man. It's a, he can easily, I think, easily take Berry up this year. And then, like I say, build his CV, but build his reputation as well. Get into that League One. If he can do something in League One, um, I think I think, I, I think it'll be an hard task for Berry to go back-to-back, I think, promotion-wise. But I reckon they, they've got a good shout of at least playoffs in League One if they get up this year. He's got the world of his feet at Berry, hasn't he, Lowe? Yeah. Got, he's well loved as well. Isn't he? And he's yeah, everyone loves him. Well loved by the fans. Knows the club inside out. I think it'd be a bit silly for him to go. Yeah. The only thing that you can sort of see is that it's a step up. But obviously it depends on loyalty at that point, doesn't it? He's gonna be loyal to Barry who give him the chance, or is he just gonna use him as a stepping stone? And then go but obviously you don't know where his career is gonna go, do you? But I, I always think it's good for managers to go through the ranks. Me personally, you know what I mean? League two, league one, mm. championship. Either take a Premier League it, team up into the Premier League or get onto the Premier League sort of mid table team. He's been likened a lot to Jurgen Klopp over the past few days, the football they've been playing. Got a bit of a friendship brewing, uh, <laughs> Ryan Lowe and uh, old Jurgen. So. He is a scouser. He is yeah. a scouser. He, and he's a Liverpool fan, he's as, far, as far as I'm aware. So. Um, well, Berry currently second place in League Two, uh, only three points behind Lincoln City, who have kind of led the way the whole time in League Two, haven't they? Um, Oldham, things not looking so favourable for them in League Two. They're in eleventh place, thirty-nine points. Of course, Frankie Bunn sacked earlier this season. Ten wins, nine draws, eight losses for them. Meanwhile, Berry on forty-nine, uh, heading into the weekend's games, fourteen wins, seven draws, and seven defeats. Fifty-three goals scored this season. They know how to find the back of the net, do Berry. That's an impressive record, and I would argue, I think looking at the stats here, it's the best goal-scoring record in the league. Yeah. That's um, six goals better off than, than Lincoln. Uh, the goal difference is the same on 21, but in terms of goals scored, they do have firepower going forward, which which is you know something that Lowe will have experience in being a striker himself. Yeah, and that's, I think you always see that. You always see that as a an attacking-styled player usually brings that into into management and his, and the way he's playing football, the way he's got the team playing mm. and the way he's got certain players just, just clicking, no wonder he's getting linked. But I, I do believe I, I do believe Berry will, will catch Link. I think they're playing Link in a couple week of weeks, right? Week on Saturday, Sky Sports. But of course, get yourself down there. Get yourself down there. Get yourself obviously. down to gig lane. That would be a cracking match, first versus second. And I think that could set up the season. Yeah. If, they, if they're head-to-head, I mean, what, the three points behind at the minute... Mm. It'll be a it'll be a, a cracking match. Well, if they can win and draw at level yeah, at the top yeah. of League Two, I mean, then where's the momentum? You yeah. have to think, you know, got to take it one step, uh, one step at a time. Forest Green, let's all just focus on Forest Green, then move on to Lincoln. And I'm convinced it's uh, Oxford in the uh, the old checker trade. Yeah, well, Forest Green Next have Tuesday. lost. Forest Green have lost the fewest games of any of team in League Two this season. Just four games. Forest Green have lost, so they will be. Uh, a tough nut to crack, that's for sure. Well, that's low to Luton ticked off of our checklist today. We still got Stockport and their form to come. Rochdale, uh, perhaps a sinking ship, described by some fans as a sinking ship and a real lack of respect there. Some real disgruntled supporters over at Spotland and uh, Bolton Wanderers as well. We spoke about them last week, but they just 
Can't stop being in the headlines. And what about Rami as well? Uh, Rams bottom, United doing decent stuff in the FA Trophy. So we'll get to that. But let's get straight to the Stockport County section of the show because five from five and five clean sheets. They're flying at the moment up into third in National League North. Big game coming up this Saturday, 19th of January against York City. Um, fair play to Stockport. They've got the facilities down there. Obviously, a great stadium, Edgley Park, for that level. Yeah. Used to be a league club. They'll have dreams of getting back up to that League 2 again in the next couple of seasons, won't they? Yeah, definitely. I think it's been their ambition just to get that league football back for a fair few years. And it seems they've just been sleeping. Um, mm. National League North. And then all of a sudden this year, it just everything's just kicked into gear, I, I find. I think actually looking back... They haven't lost since... Um, oh, no, they've lost one. No, they've conceded one. They've conceded one since mid-December. So that's one goal conceded in eight matches. Mm, rock like, solid. Rock solid. It is, and what are they now? Third in the table. They're on a, a cracking run. No goals conceded. Five wins on the bounce. Mm. Into the third round of the FA Trophy. Yeah, um, indeed. Well, their last, their last three results, uh, a 1-0 win away at Altrincham. Uh, 3-0 win at home to Bradford PA and then uh, a 5-0 victory in the FA Trophy second round against Truro City teeing up that game against uh, York City this weekend the yeah. 19th of January so as you said they've got goal scorers in the team yeah. and they've, they've, they're pretty solid at the back so it's such a difficult league though isn't it that that National League North because as we know one, one promotion spot up to the, the National League yeah. and the wheels can fall off so quickly because with the level of, of, of football at non-league, the winter's coming in, the nights are getting colder, the frost is going to start, games are going to be cooled off, there's going to be rained off games, there's going to be snowed off games, there's going to be postponements, but it does mean the fixtures are going to start piling up. Is it about how they get through this this next few weeks and see if they can try and maintain their spot in the top three? Like your description there. That was very, very good, very wasn't it? <laughs> like they opened into a Shakespeare novel now. <laughs> just, look, just look at all these teams. 45, 44, 43, 42. It's like an underline, all these teams it is, it's, in the it's National League North. You can't have a bad week. Well, Altrincham were flying. They were, they were mm. a similar position to Stockport, I think, the turn of the year. I think they've I think they've won one in about five matches. Altrincham are now there, sort of teetering mm. on the edge of playoffs. So it's, that's how quick it can turn, literally. like So if Stockport lose a couple on the bounce here now... They're sort of fighting against, but it is that close. It's fifty. What is it? Fifty-one points at the top. And then there's a bit of a gap. Charlie are pulling away. Charlie, Charlie yeah. have been good all season, Charlie. though. To be fair, Charlie six points clear at the top of the table, and they do have a game in hand over Bradford Park Avenue. Stockport in third on forty-four points, so that's a seven-point difference between themselves and Charlie at the top. I'm looking down at the table. You've got AFC Telford, Chester in fifth, Spennymore in sixth place. They're on twenty-four games. 41 points. A win for them and a Stockport defeat means that with games in hand, Spennymore could even climb from 6th to 3rd in the yeah. space of a weekend. So, as Aaron's saying, Ian is pr- pretty congested really in there. Congested. You've got to be on it. Yeah. It is, and I think it's a, it is a really difficult, it's a difficult lead to get out of, and then you jump into the National League, and that's probably exactly the same to get into league football. So you've got two two tough leagues there, but you've got to be on your A game, and Jim Gannon's really got them, really got them going this year. Like, They've been there and thereabouts for sort of mid-table, but mm. this like last part of 2018, especially this start of 2019, they just seems to have been motoring on. Um, a lot of them said it's probably one of the best squads they've had yeah. in a long, long time, um, and it, I think it's showing. Are they still getting great attendances over there oh, as the well at Edgley Park, are, aren't yeah. they? So, Highest in the league by a thousand. Something ridiculous like that. 
is a, it is a great Abnormal attendances for the league. They're a club punching um, below their weight, that's fair yeah. to say. You know, there's yeah. plenty of potential there at Stockport County. We've seen it in the past and let's hope we see it again over there at Edgeley Park. York City are an equally sizeable club in the National League York North. They're the opposition for Stockport County this weekend. Uh, but if we t- cast our eyes down towards the bottom of the table there's another massive massive six pointer in that league it is towards the basement end of the division FC United of Manchester against Ashton United two of the three relegation spots occupied by two greater Manchester clubs and it's it's not good but it's very much a case of whoever can get the leg up here can gain some traction and get themselves out of that relegation zone yeah I mean FC United since uh, Neil Reynolds has has took over they went on a decent run and I thought oh yeah they're going to start climbing the table here now but Recently, they've kind of dropped off a little bit. But I think if they win, and say even Hereford, even draw, Ashley United are five points from safety then. Yeah. And obviously with their budget... and Big ask. Yeah, it's a huge ask. Obviously, the, the massive turnover of players they keep having as well. Um, I, I can't see anything but, but Ashton going down. If, if I think if they win, they hopefully try and get... Because they've got a game in hand on, on FC United... Yeah, but they've got two. They've got what well, Hereford and Hereford have got two games less to, to play as well. So it's, it's it is tight down there. Mm. Um, I think Nuneaton are down there, fifteen points. They got a five point gap to Ashton. They'll be definitely going down. Yeah, I mean <laughs> again won three games yeah. again. Hereford, another Jesus. big club in that in that national league. North. You're talking yeah. York. You're talking Hereford. You're talking Stockport County. These are big sides, and perhaps that that crowd advantage. Well, is it an advantage to start with? Maybe teams go into places like Edgar Street and yeah. go into places like Edgeley Park. That's where the wheels might come off for them. Yeah. That's where they can use it to an advantage. Or on the flip side, Aaron, you might think, well, will these Stockport players freeze in front of a big crowd when it gets to that business end of the season? I mean, it can kind of work both ways. One thing that's so common that you get the smaller teams in the league. They always raise the game when they go to a bigger team. Mm. That can be almost like their cup final. You know, going to Wesley Park, it's a big game. Obviously, Stockport, well, well renowned for the football league uh, yeah. reputation. And you go there and you do sign a uh, kick up your level and treat it as your big game of the season. If you're not uh, sort of a mid table team, don't think you're going to be relocated. Mm. Don't think you're going to be promoted. But looks like Stockport, they're doing uh, they're doing pretty well. They're in third, and it's about time. Is it third time Jim Gannon's been the manager? Third time, yeah. Third time lucky then. Third time that lucky. <laughs> strikes again. I tell you who's doing well do. though. Kurz and Ashton. I think the three games unbeaten. They've won the last three. Um since Matt Bradshaw's took over. Mm. Following that the sacking, like it's um it seems to have seems to be firing. I think that, they, I think they won Ashton United New Year's Day. And then from there they've they've just kicked on and they seem to be playing decent football as well. I mean they're not gonna go any more than mid table, but you know, it's good to sort of see See a manager sort of take over and and do well. You know? If you're Ashton and FC United looking at that, obviously they need the points to stay up. And you're looking at Curzon, who've just obviously had three wins on the bounce recently. That's nine points, which has saved them. You've got to be thinking, well, we could be that team. Yeah. So everything's possible. And there's the old phrase, isn't there? One win, two wins, all you need to do when you rock it up the table. And yeah, yeah. It doesn't happen. But with Curzon, it obviously has uh, seemed very possible. And let's just focus just quickly on Ashton United before we wrap up the, the National League North brief. Um, but they've got uh, FC United, of course, on the 19th of January. Then they've got Nuneaton on the 26th. Kidderminster, York City, Hereford, and then a trip to Chorley. So they're all 
they're all big games and yeah. I know every game in every league is a, is a big game so to speak but if you're fighting and scrapping down there in the relegation zone you've got some teams in the bottom half there to face off against and then if you can't pick up points against them you, you have a square off with, with Chorley who are top of the table by six points so it is not going to be easy for Ashton United if they're going to yep. drag themselves out of this relegation scrap they're going to have to start winning games soon especially with playing teams in and around them that's, that's where they need to pick up points I think they got, I think they got beat off Chorley 5-0 um, beginning of the season and Charlie like I said they look they look a side that are more, more or less going up but I think the next five or six games for Ashton now is, is going to be a case of well I, I, personally I think if they don't beat FC United I think they're going down is my is my prediction you get to a stage don't you when you're playing the teams at the top you Charlie's who are top Bradford Stockport for the teams at the bottom when you play obviously the Charlie's of this world you just write them off, don't you? Thinking yeah. we're never going to get three points here, and you just prioritise your uh, your games that you think you're going to win down at the bottom. And uh, Ashton FC United, two of our local clubs, mm. Kurz and I definitely think are still in there. Probably, could, probably could, just about, but they need a win. But yeah, Ashton United, I think it all rests on this match this weekend. Obviously, a, a massive uh, EFL and below show interest in the National League North. If you've got an interest in your team in Greater Manchester and you want us to talk about them on the podcast, use the hashtag EFL below and you can find us on Twitter at MCRFootySocial. You can also listen to dedicated Manchester United and Manchester City podcasts if you do have a shine in towards either of those two teams. If this isn't enough for you, make sure you get over to the Manchester Football Social channel. All you need to do is search those three words, Manchester Football Social, wherever you find your podcast, whether that be Acast, Spotify, iTunes and you'll find us right here don't forget to subscribe as well and you'll be able to catch every single episode of the EFL and Below show with the Football Man Cave straight into your inbox so coming up we're going to be talking about Rochdale is that a sinking ship over there at Spotland is Keith Hill's time potentially up at the club seems strange to think about it he's been there so long Bolton Wanderers and Ken Anderson the supporters trust potential new owners over uh, in Bolton and also Rams Bottom well done to them in the FA Trophy. Manchester Football Social. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss a show. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. burrow.com slash ACAST. 
Rochdale. Rochdale, Rochdale, Rochdale. Fan forum not so long ago. And uh, it seemed a little bit hostile. Is that the right word to use, Ian, do you think? Probably. Probably. It's a little bit tasty, sort of, seeing the um, the backlash from it, basically. I mean, they're not going well, I think. I think it's about, is it 19 goals conceded in five games or something like that? I think they got beat 4-0, 5-0, 4-0. I think it was got beat off City 4-1, 4-2, something like that. Um, was it 4-2? Yeah. Beat off Peterborough at weekend 2-1. It's not going well. We're three points off relegation zone. Looking from outside in, it seems obviously a lot of people are calling for Keith Hill to, to leave. So some are in favour of him, some or a lot aren't. I think the transfer goings on aren't, um, aren't appeasing the fans. Obviously, um, Zach Clough, yeah, he went to loan terminated obviously end of his loan deal so Zach Clough on loan from Nottingham Forest has gone back no one gone really back. knew about no. it it was a bit of a weird situation but he's gone back fit now he's been unfit for most of the season or most of his loan spell which I think that's what's got the fans backs up more than anything um, but yeah it's just it's just not looking good for Rochdale and, but the thing is what a lot of people say is it's one of their best squads they've had in a long time and do you know what's really strange is the last few seasons they've been they've been down there haven't they? Yeah. I mean, it, not to sound disrespectful to Rochdale, but they have been sort of in that bottom half of the table for the last few seasons. That's kind of an obvious fact. But I've seen them a couple of times over at Spotland this season. And, and as you say, they play decent football. They get the ball down and they can play. They can pass. But the problem, I think, is it's just some sort of confidence thing. They don't grind out results enough. In League One, you need to grind out results. I don't always think uh, that maybe pretty football works in the lower leagues. Leif Berry is an exception. But I don't... <laughs> <laughs> won't talk about that one again. Um, for Rochdale, yeah, you, the football... Do they need to play great football in League One to survive? I mean, what do the I fans want? I think you're want? better off... This is If I was a League One manager, this is what I'd be doing. You get, like, a big striker, you know, you hoof the ball up long. Sure. He, you know, brings it all in, he holds the ball up, and then you get your midfielders and your runners in behind. Mm. I think that's probably the recipe to... To success. Well, Portsmouth, my team are doing it, and they're top of the league. Uh, exactly. So maybe Rochdale need to uh, take a tip out of Portsmouth book. How did that? You, how did your Portsmouth get on oh, last lost, weekend? Lost to Blackpool one nil. We won't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> we will not talk about that. Um, but let's talk about Keith Hill. He's he's been at Rochdale. Well, this will be what his sixth year at the club now. Um, he obviously managed the club before between 2006 and 2011. So he was there for five years the first time around. Then he had a sort of a a flirt with Barnsley for a while, then he came back to the club. So in total, he's been there on and off 12 years. When does a manager run his course? We've seen in the last couple of seasons, Paul Tisdale left Exeter. He was there for absolutely years. Now we see some sort of similar situation, perhaps with Keith Hill. I mean, what's that conversation going to be like between Rochdale's pretty much brand new owners and Keith Hill in discussions about, you know, what happens moving forward? Does Keith Hill just dig in and sit firm like he's done for the last six years? Or do the owners have to go to Hill and say, listen, we want to take the club in a different direction? I mean, it's one of them. What, what have they? I don't think they've won. They've not won this year. But if the results keep going the way that they are going, then I think they've got to make a decision because the club, I think, are only going to go one way. And I think they're going to be just sort of waving to bury basically, at the end of the season as they bypass ships. Because it's uh, it's not looking good at Rochelle whatsoever. Well, if you look on New Year's Day, 
5-0 defeat to Doncaster. Then the following Saturday, a 4-0 defeat to Burton at home. Then a 4-2 defeat to Manchester City's under-21s in the Checker Trade Trophy. Then a 2-1 defeat away at Peterborough. And next up, they've got Fleetwood at home. So, as you say, a 5-0 and a 4-0 straight after the new year. Then a 4-2 loss to an under-21 team before another 2-1 defeat away from home. You know, that's one goal scored in, in the three league games I've referred to there. 11 goals conceded, it's, it's not pretty. No, a lot, a lot of the fans were saying about the spine of the team. There's, there's no spine. They need revamping in that area. They need a decent striker, need a, yeah. a commanding centre-back. I think in terms of that hold-up play that you were referring to, Aaron, I mean, Calvin Andrews a, a half-decent player at, at League One level. You've got the likes of Callum Camps, who, who's a decent midfield player. Of course, they just sold Andy Cannon to Portsmouth for 150000 Is Is the concern, do you think, for some of the fans that they're seeing these players leave and some of them going back to their parent clubs on loan, but there's no one coming in the door the other way? No, the players are leaving. And what you touched on what you said before, can't, what I'm listening to here is they can't hold on to leads and they're conceding a load of goals. So that's a recipe for disaster at any yeah. level, whether you're at... Rochdale, Manchester mm-hmm. United, or, you know, in kids' football, when you go 2-0 up against Manchester City under-21s, then you end up losing 4-2. Yeah. And you're getting beat by Burton 4-0. Obviously, talk about a 5-0 defeat, lost at Peterborough 2-1. Yeah. I mean, you sort of think, where's the next win coming, don't you? Sure. I mean, Fleet were there in 10th. They might be a good team to play, I think, for Rochdale. Rochdale goals against there. 58 goals conceded. Worst goal difference in the league. God, the by most. country mile. Well, that 5-0 and 4-0 just after yeah. the new year wouldn't have yeah. done them any favours. There's nine goals without reply straight away there. I think, if anything, this transfer window, maybe not sort the manager out, but you've got to sort that defence out. Well, Keith Hill's managed to do a decent enough job over at, at Rochdale for the last six years. Why now? Why now? Why change now? They're not in the relegation zone. There's still a chance of them staying up. They had a decent cut run a couple of years ago. They played Spurs. The pitch was relayed at Scotland. Things have been happening over there at Rochdale. Are the fans starting to just get a little bit fed up with being down in the basement end of the division? Yeah. Do they want to see themselves challenging? Do they think they want to be up in the playoff mix in League One? Which you would do. Obviously, as, as a fan, you want your, your team to be as high as possible. You're never going to be never <laughs> going to be happy with just that. Uh, let's just fight relegation every uh, well, season. At the are start you? of every season, you can ask <laughs> any football fan of any team in the EFL. You can ask them at pre-season... How do you reckon your side's going to get on? Ah, oh, well, I've, you know, I fancy playoffs this year. Yeah. I reckon I'll be, I'll be, I'll be like a playoffs. Uh, it always happens. It doesn't matter what the club is. Everyone always goes, oh, playoffs would be good. I fancy us for playoffs this year. If it's, you, oh, go on. Uh, if so, about I said to a Rochdale fan last August, where do you think you're going to finish? Would you say Would you say top half? Would anyone say top half? Well, they're probably about 15th, 16th, 17th Rochdale in a League One, aren't hmm. they? They're probably no higher. They spent years, didn't they, in League Two, Rochdale? Yeah, years and years and true. years. But here's another thing that some people think. Are you better, maybe for fans, for entertainment, you know, the optimism, are we going to win a game? It could be good for us to win a game. Similar situation that's happened at Bury this season. Are you better off dropping a league, so the dreaded word getting relegated, and then building back up? So the fans say, look, this is a bit controversial, but if you're in League Two, say, next season, or any team in League Two... Could that be better for your morale, the fan morale, thinking we've got a better chance this week rather than, you know, playing Portsmouth, Luton, Sunderland, yeah. thinking there's a good chance we're going to get beaten 5-6-0? Well, I, I think he's... I Personally, I'll say I think he's done an unbelievable job to keep them up for the last two years. Yeah. Because they, they've, they've, they've been... 
They've they've been hard to beat at home at times, but they have also been poor in in spells. And and so in in general, I think he's done a really decent job there. But every ship sells its course, and maybe that ship's coming to an end. You were talking about them staying in the bottom tier. 36 consecutive seasons between 1974 and 2010, which is the longest any team has ever stayed in the fourth tier of English football. Um, and they've only ever played in League One or League Two in their entire history. So in terms of what the fans are expecting, maybe it is time for a change. Maybe they do want to see, maybe they do want to dream. If I'm a Rochdale fan, I'm thinking, right, we're up into League One. I hate the term throw money at it because of what happened to my club, Portsmouth. Money was thrown at that and we nearly didn't have a football club at the end of it. So sometimes you just got to think, let's try and finish as high as we can in League One. But as a supporter, you are going to start getting a bit annoyed with finishing down in that bottom half of the table. Yeah, I mean, you don't want relegation. You you don't want that revamp there. But let's say for Berry, Berry's done wonders. So Bolton in League One, obviously Bolton are a bigger club than League One. Probably Portsmouth are as well. Sunderland. Look at Sunderland with their attendances that they've had this season. Mm. This has probably been Sunderland's best season for a long, long time. You know, obviously fighting for uh, survival in the Premier League. Then they go to the Championship. They go straight down. So if you were to say to a Sunderland fan, are you happier now? Obviously, you're not happy that you're in League One, but are you happier now going to a game, coming back from a game, than you were when you were going to see them play City, United, Chelsea, Liverpool in the Premier League? They'd Surely they'd say yes, you know, thinking... You know, we've got a great chance of, of winning 5-6-0 rather than losing 5-6-0. No, I think you've got a really good point there because teams will go down towards the bottom of the table and they'll get relegated. And, you know, in the championship, when Sunderland were doing poorly, their attendances suffered. Their attendances really, well, right really up, did suffer. Back up this year. Well, that's what I mean, because every fan wants to go and watch their team doing well you're going to drag in more fans because your team's doing well. And I think you've got a good point there because it's it's evident with Sunderland that you know their attendances have spiked again because they're playing well and they're playing decent football in League One. And as a supporter, you want to see your team being successful because yeah. after a while, you just accept the level that you're at, don't you? Sunderland needed that, though. Sunderland was like top to bottom just rotting, weren't they? So they needed, they needed that sort of electric shock as such to a club to like, right, you're in League One. Yeah. Portsmouth for the same, do you know what I mean? Yeah, Going yeah. down. You need that 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 shock and then go, right, let's build. Because obviously once you're once you're down at that rock bottom, the, the only way is up. Obviously, I know there's there's lower leagues, but for Sunderland, realistically, now really, League One should be their their bottom. Yeah, yeah. And we should see them. They're probably a championship side at best, but we should see them sort of rise back up and, and sort of give the fans hope of, of making the Premier League again. But I can't see it, me personally. You mentioned to me just before we started recording the podcast that some fans actually felt disrespected. I mean, what was the kind of feeling, the kind of vibe at the, at the fan forum? Because I think it's interesting for a fan to come out and say that I feel disrespected by the football club. It's a yeah. weird thing to say that. Yeah, there seems to be aimed a lot of the, a lot of the um, bad vibes, shall we say, towards the chairman. A lot of them felt like they didn't give them. They, I don't. I, I don't think. They give them the answers that they wanted. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Obviously, they're in they're in dire straits at the minute. They're, they're losing. They're conceding a lot of goals. A couple of players have gone back to their old clubs, and nobody really knew about it apart from a couple of lines on a website. Nothing was really made of it. Um, there's no incomings as such. Obviously, they're getting disgruntled at the the performances. Yeah, yeah. So they've gone there, obviously in in sort of bad spirits, and then. They've asked a couple of questions, seeing where the club wants to go and blah, blah, blah. And I don't think they've got the answers that they want. And then I think it's just it's just kicked off. And it's one of them. I think if the chairman had said, right, 
we're looking at doing this or we're looking at bringing a couple of players in or um, yeah, the, the manager's not doing too well at the minute but you know, obviously they're not going to do that but do you know what I mean? Like say look, mm. we know where we're at type thing but I don't think they got the answers that the fans wanted and I think um, from what I can gather anyway they're, they're right behind, the chairman's right behind Keithill and obviously a lot of the fans, probably 70% of the fan base are, are Keithill out so would you be coming out of them comments you talk about in the fans forum if you were winning? Would they have this animosity against no, the chairman against Keith? So if you'd have done this in six weeks' time when they were winning, yeah. then they probably wouldn't have had them opinions. That's, I think so it's don't, because of the state fans of the club. forums a bit sort of like short term, you know. Yeah. One minute we're up, one minute we're down. We lose a few games. Yeah. Oh, we don't like the manager. We win a few games. We think the manager's best thing since sliced bread. Well, that's just football in general, isn't yeah. it? It's a fickle yeah, sport. Yeah, but I, mean, I think fan forums really, they, what they need to be is questions about the actual ownership and how the club is being run from the ground up. Not so much the on-field action. Obviously, fans want to know about players and stuff like that, but you just generally want to know that your club's in decent hands and being yeah. run by decent people. Uh, and if, if the issues on the pitch are what people are getting annoyed about, then that's the least of your worries, really. As long as you don't end up dropping out of the league and, and falling into financial problems, then really, you know, it seems to be going pretty much OK over at Rochdale in terms of how they're running the club and the structure of the club and things like that. Because the fans are whinging about the actual football and not anything to do with behind-the-scenes stuff. No, that could be just maybe a few players not performing or needing to bring a few players in. Is the manager getting the best out of the players? I'm just not into these fans. Some fans' forums, maybe. Do, do you not think... they're? Yeah, as you said before, they're a bit fickle, aren't they? If they were to win yeah. four games, would you have different views about the chairman? Or would you be? Or would your um, disappointment for the chairman be as, be as great when you were losing? I personally don't think it would be. OK, well, let's move on to another chairman. That's a man called Ken Anderson who's the chairman of Bolton Wanderers. He's been all over the newspapers and the uh, and social media the last couple of weeks, of course, with that spat with Dale Vince, the uh, owner of Forest Green Rovers. We spoke about that on last week's podcast, which you can listen to uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you drop us a subscribe and leave us a nice little review as well here on the EFL and Below show. Get in contact at MCR Footy Social on Twitter using the hashtag EFL Below if there's any talking points you want us to run across right here on the podcast. Bolton Wanderers Supporters Trust. Now, the rumblings are that they could potentially launch a bid to take over Bolton Wanderers Football Club. That will be absolutely huge news to try and dislodge Ken Anderson from his position as chairman. What's really intriguing for me, though, is that the Supporters Trust have been really quiet about it. It's almost like they haven't come out. And you want to be shouting from the rooftop saying, we're the right choice to run this club. We're the voice of the fans. We should be owning our own football club and getting rid of the chairman we've got at the moment. It seems that they've all been very sort of docile about the whole thing. Maybe they're planning something we don't know about. I think for, obviously, the good news would be, as I said last week, was there a long-term future, say, in the next 10, 15, 20 years for Bolton? The good thing, maybe if there's rumblings, that there could be some in, someone to take over, uh, e.g. the supporters' trust, yeah. that would obviously be a good thing. So you can talk about, you know, they're a dead secretive, which, of course, if you want, as you said, now I agree with you, you know, you want to be advertising it, talking about the the positive future, but the mm. fact that there is something from someone, i.e. the Supporters Club Trust, I think it's a good thing, maybe, you know, at least it's something that someone's getting involved saying, this is what we want to do, because we think that we have a plan for Bolton Wanderers 
going forward and it just maybe it just gives a bit of an uplifting mood to the place yeah it certainly does i remember when when portsmouth my club were taken over by the pompey supporters trust it was a real day of relief as far as anything because we knew ian that from that moment forward we were in good hands the people running the club had the best interest of the club at heart the dodgy owners were gone although financially pompey supporters trust didn't really have the 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 money to, to, to launch Pompey back to where they should be and it was going to take time and things were going to have to change. Effectively, you've got a bunch of blokes who are all businessmen but have never run a football club before. Yeah. Now, that it doesn't sound great but it's a lot better than having someone who doesn't have the best interest of your club at heart running the, running the side, isn't it? Well, that's it. And I think, again, outside looking in, it seems obviously the Trust want to take over but want to regain control of the club but I think John McGinley seems to be heading it I've read a lot of quotes of his um, bluntly saying, let's get Ken Anderson out, let's get the club back, mm. um, let's re- regain control of this club. I've seen some last night, it was Q&A, and um, he was sort of head- heading it again. So it-, it seems, obviously, sort of the players are-, are seeing what's happening to Portland. I think they're in another relegation scrap. Yeah. Um, they scraped survival by the skin of the teeth last season there's um, this whole wage thing as well players not getting paid and all of these discussions about that sort of thing yeah I was just looking um, PFA loans to um, Bottom Wonders that's just been repaid mm. uh, from November December so they were, they were getting a loan to sort of play, uh, pay players wages but it's not looking good for Bottom whatsoever and like I say there was a there was a point Phil Parkinson was like head on it you know what I mean people were sure. wanting him out there, well he did was, a great job at Bradford didn't yeah. he yeah but now, I think Ken Anderson has took over so much that people are now sort of feeling sorry for Phil Parkinson. They're sort of saying, look, he can only do what he can do. And Ken Anderson's bearing the brunt of, of what's going on at Bolton this year. And they could possibly benefit from, similar to what you were saying at Rochdale, going back down to League One again and sort of rebuilding. This is the thing, though, because if you're a Bolton Wanderers supporter, you know that Ken Anderson is somewhat of a bad egg, but then he keeps coming out via the club's website and releasing these statements saying, everyone who works for me loves the job, I've done this, I've put this money here, Uh, Dale Vince from Forest Green doesn't know what he's talking about, and then you've got Dale Vince, on the other hand, like we spoke about on the last podcast, coming out and saying that Ken Anderson's made this comment about he doesn't care whether Bolton Wanderers get wound up because he's a a secured lender, he's going to get his money back. Now, this is such a head spin for Bolton fans because you're getting told one thing from one side and one thing from another side. Of course, then you've got the press involved as well. Bolton Wanderers chairman Ken Anderson actually banned a local newspaper from attending uh, the Macron Stadium. So yeah. there's loads of different... Which I think speaks volumes. There's loads of different facets to it. The yeah. fact that he's banned the press does say something. You yeah, know, yeah. He's, he's not happy with the, the facts that are coming out. He said that the facts coming out of the newspaper were, were all lies. Of course, we can't... Uh, confirm or deny or pass any comment on that for obvious reasons but the fact all of these things are happening surely the supporters trust then should be standing up which i think they are now and going oh just give us our club back that's all they want is their club back it must be it it must be so frustrating to sort of see obviously your club i mean as since somebody put on it might have been might be this 10-year challenge even and somebody put on bolton they were third at this point in the Premier League, mm. um, say ten years ago or something like that, and our times have changed. I mean, like obviously how good they were going then in the like Europa League, and now like season after season they're just they're just struggling upon struggles, money worries. Mm. Like I say, constantly getting bailed out. It's 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 a sad state to see. Obviously, Bolton being a local club as well. It's you know, however much you don't like them or whatever, you still want to see them 
in business. Last yeah. thing you want is an unstable chairman at a football club. Yeah. Shouldn't he stay like above the? Obviously, he's part of it, but above the party politics, you know, statements. It's he's a bit. Yeah, like, he should just what, be in the background. What's going on? He should he shouldn't be making any comments about that, should he? He should just be in the background, and there should be people, obviously, the media team who can who can run that. And um, I but, think it would be good get the supporters club trust involved. Because you don't, if you're a Bolton fan, you don't want to be seeing, you know, your chairman mm. coming out with them statements. It's just embarrassing. I think if you're a supporters trust, it's either us or nobody else. Yeah. Because, you know, if you're a supporters trust, you're thinking, right, we want complete control of this club. It's no use trying to enter a partnership with, with Ken Anderson because it's just the, the relationship and the situation there is just too fractured. It's too far gone, in my opinion. And as someone who's sort of seen my own club go through sort of supporter ownership and come out the other side of it and seen it before and all of the administrations and all of the problems, I certainly think that Supporters Trust will have my vote in terms of who's best to run that football club. Anyway, that's Bolton Wanderers in the chat there. But before we wrap things up, we're going to talk about Rams Bottom United. Go on the Rammy, up the Rammy, Aaron's mouthing to me over there on the other <laughs> side of the studio. He loves it. Um, Weymouth, the team from way, way down south. FA Trophy, um, a division above in as far as the non-league system works, a, t- a tier above would be the correct terminology there, Weymouth, uh, in comparison to Rams Bottom United. But they got the job done. Fair play to them. Got the job done on a Tuesday night. 17 fans went. Fantastic support to see them go down to Weymouth. Can I just point out, um, obviously Rams Bottom, their players are not full-time. They don't. This is not their professional job. They have other jobs. And having drawn the repl- having drawn on Saturday against Weymouth 2-2, to then have to go on the Tuesday back down to Weymouth when they're not full-time and some of them have to get time off work. The fact, I think it was 14 players who made the trip down. I think it was just a fantastic achievement. And then to go on to win. It won 3-1, didn't they? They won 3-1, 1-1 um, one, one at half-time. And having played in the first game last Saturday um, at their home ground, they played some real good stuff. Um, and to see them go, they should have won the game really, they ended up drawing 2-2, which obviously the fans were going home happy as Larry, but to see them on Tuesday go on and uh, and win the game, it was just incredible really, and some may be so unexpected, but the big thing for me, obviously it was great to see the fans going down, what supporting a proper team is, is like in Ram United, great dedicated fans, and to just the fact that the three wins away from Wembley, if they, uh, which for a club like Ramby who average... 200, 300 fans could just be incredible to see. Maybe even they get a chance of Wembley. And the third round, they are playing filed, and that is the second. Get yourself down there. Why not get yourself down there? Should be exciting following Ramsbottom United through that FA Trophy journey over the next couple of weeks. Okay, we've reached the uh, reached the conclusion of today's EFL and Below show. We've reached the end, and of course, we want your views in future podcasts as well. It's at MCR Footy Social. Use the hashtag EFL Below on Twitter. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast as well. Leave us a review. You can find us wherever you find your podcasts. And if you happen to follow Manchester City or Manchester United as well, do search Manchester Football Social wherever you find your podcast and you'll be able to find dedicated feeds for each of those football clubs but before we go talk about those dedicated Ramsbottom United fans 17 of them hardcore making that trip down to uh, to Weymouth fair play to them but we've got a, a, a hardcore dedicated person in the studio right now because Ian you were attaching a speedball in a boxing gym Yes. And it went badly, badly wrong due to your dedication. Very badly wrong. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Because you've been caressing your shoulder for the majority of the podcast, and I want to know what's wrong with you. Uh, so I was, I was obviously attaching a speedball, 
Um, I'd loosened off one of the bolts as I was trying to readjust it. Anyway, the speed ball's come off the wall. I've tried to catch the speed ball. If you've ever held a speed ball, it's heavy, to say the least. <laughs> My arms followed it and come out of its socket. Well, I've let go of it, obviously, and then the arms luckily popped back into its socket. Um, but yeah, it's it's been... Well, the wife's, the wife's took over. I mean, it's been great for me. I've been sat on the couch holding my arm in the sling for like <laughs> three or four days while she's been running around. But, um, oh, it's, it's so annoying. I've ju- just got one hand. I'm like, <laughs> I, c- I can make a brew. I'm happy with that. You've got to be careful with using sofa, the wife, one hand and unable to move in the same sentence. Yeah. You've got to be very, very careful. <laughs> Uh, anyway, this has been the EFL and Below show right here on the Manchester Football Social. As I said, subscribe to the podcast and hopefully we'll see you all next time. Manchester Football Social. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss a show. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.